I feel blessed as ever again. I'm the best I've ever been. Okay. So if they ask you how I feel, what's up? I, I, I'ma tell you I feel amazing. I feel blessed as ever again. I'm the best. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a live edition of Baron Down and Greenhound right here, 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on the East Coast from Jacksonville, Florida. I am your host, down there to play Mega Silence here. Good to be live for once. A lot to get into. Week three took place in college football. We had upsets. We had surprises. Surprising teams struggling. A lot took place in week three. But week four, week four has a juicy slate for you, and it's going to get nasty. We're going to find out about some teams in week four this weekend. But, but, you know how I roll. I got to go what I got to do first, which is the two-minute drill. And to kick off the two-minute drill, ladies and gentlemen, we got a couple of injuries to talk about. The Georgia's right tackle, Amari's Mims, set to have ankle surgery. He's going to be out for a while. I don't... I don't think it's season ending, but he's going to be out for a while. They're going to be missing out on that Georgia line, especially a Georgia team that has been struggling as of lately. And we will see why when I get to the gridiron roundup. Nevertheless, they still the number one team in the nation, but it is a big blow to their uh, offensive line right there. Also, sticking in the South, but not particularly in the South Eastern Conference, let's go to FAU, Florida Atlanta University. Quarterback Casey Thompson out for the season with ACL and meniscus tear. Darren Shane transferred from Texas, played for Texas a year ago, transferred to UA, FAU, and sad to see a player to get injured. That's three weeks into the season, and uh, it, it is a shame that, that it has come down to that. But pray for the full recovery for Casey Thompson. And see him back next season. Moving right along, as I like to do. Mel Tucker, other motives at play in Michigan State's decision, which is quite interesting here because they, Michigan State came out and they told Mel Tucker that they have the intent of firing him at this moment in time. So, interesting to see he's been accused of sexual assault they are looking into it something tells me they probably found something that's going to fire him or something that's a little questionable i'm not i don't know the full story i know but it's something a little questionable they give him an opportunity to explain himself or give reason to not fire him but we shall see how that goes because it's more likely he's going to get fired that's what it looks like Looks like he's going to get fired. I'm going to keep it plain and simple for you. It looks like Mel Tucker's going to get fired. They're going to get a new coach. And this is difficult time for Michigan State because they are at the uh, the real stretch of their season because they just played Washington last week and got blown the hell out in, at home in East Lansing, Michigan. This week, if I remember correctly, I think you were in the Big Ten showdown. 
You got Maryland coming in who is undefeated. That game is 3.30 on ABC. That is not on the campus tour slate, so that's not going to be easy. Maryland's a touchdown and a half favorite in that game already, and it's only Wednesday. So, rough times in the state of Michigan for the Spartans over there, but we shall see what is going in, but let me give you some details of what's going on here. Let's go. Let's dive into the article real quick. Says here, Mich- suspended Michigan State football coach Mel Tucker responded Tuesday to the school notion that it intends to fire him for a call, saying in a statement that other motives are at play. And there has been a bias against him throughout the process. After getting notified Monday of the school's intent to fire him, Tucker was given seven days per his contract to respond to the not- to the notification in the wake of a pending sexual misconduct case brought by Brianna Tracy, a sexual assault awareness speaker. And took a statement to ESPN on Tuesday morning. He claimed his firing is a miscarriage of justice and came because of Mrs. Tracy's improper, disclo- improper public disclosure of the entire 1,200-page investigation filed regarding her baseless complaint against me. Says, quote, let's be clear. I don't believe MSU plans to fire me, but I admitted to an entire consensual private relationship with another adult who gave one presentation at Michigan State at my behest over two years ago. Close quote. This is I mean, if they tend to fire you, they found something that they didn't like. What they what they found, we may not never know. But Mel Tucker said this is a this is miscarriage of justice. This is wrongdoing. And it's been that way since this thing came out. But we shall see. All right. We shall see. Now let's get to the real topic. Uh, let's get to one of the two real topics. This week we have old Miss in Alabama, which I'll be previewing in our campus tour. But here's what we got going on here. First up, Jalen Merrill named Alabama starting cornerback ahead of SEC opener. That's one problem right there. Then you have Lane Kiffin double downs on who called the defensive plays last weekend when the Crimson Tide struggled to beat South Florida. I will get to that in our next segment. Here's a couple of things here. This is the first time I have seen Nick Saban not know what to do at quarterback. This is literally the first time I've seen Nick Saban do not know what to do at quarterback. He played he played uh, Ty Simpson. I forgot the other quarterback name, Tyler something. I can't think of the other name. And they didn't look good against South Florida. And Nick Saban is, is searching for answers. Nick Saban is literally searching for answers at the quarterback position. And it amazes me of how this is happening to arguably the best coach to ever coach college football. Uh, Tyler Bushnick and Ty Simpson. Don't You just don't know. He has no idea. He has no idea. And then to add on it, one of your former assistants is telling, is telling the world who, who is calling the place, who's calling the defensive plays. Because it don't look like the defensive coordinator was calling the plays against South Florida. It like somebody else was calling the defensive plays against South Florida. <laughs> Nick Simmons had to crush that down. Like, the defensive coordinator is the defensive coordinator. He has all the responsibility. We just did something a little different going into the game. 
but he was calling the plays. This is getting interesting with this game coming up this week. I'm going to get to more of this. Let me get to our campus tour to preview that game. But now, here we go. This is what we really need to talk about right here. Colorado State, Colorado, drew late night record of 9.3 million viewers on ESPN. That was the 10 o'clock game past Saturday after Florida and Tennessee took place at 7. The game didn't end until about 2.30, 3 o'clock a.m. in the morning, Sunday on Sunday, because they went into two overtimes. I'll recap the whole game in the gridiron roundup. Great job by both teams. Very competitive game. Great job. Now, one of the main stories out of there, as you can see on the right side, those of you who are watching on YouTube, and by the way, we are live on YouTube, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and uh, Facebook. So, those of you who are watching, appreciate it. Now, here's what we have going on here. Because Travis Hunter took a cheap shot. Well, he took a cheap shot. I'm not going to recap the game, but we're going to talk about it. He took a cheap shot, okay? The guy that hit him, cheap shot at him. I don't care what y'all say. That was a cheap shot. There's no... I have seen this play. I've seen it live when it happened, first of all. I've seen the replay, and I've seen the highlights like probably 20 times. Henry Blackman is the safety for Colorado State. You cheap shot at Travis Hunter, okay? Let's call it what it is. You cheap shot at him. Now, this ain't nothing now to most of my brothers that play football. I've seen all your posters and all that. Now, we have seen cheap shots taking place in football over the years. There's nothing new, especially in rivalry games, which is the Buffaloes and the Rams are in-state rivalries. This is a rivalry game. But you took a cheap shot. You literally took a cheap shot at him. And with that cheap shot, you lacerated one of his lungs. Now he's out for three weeks. We're talking Oregon this week, USC next week, and that Arizona State. Now you cheap shot of that man, and you definitely cheap shot. I don't care what anybody said. That was a cheap shot. Now, should he been thrown out the game? Should he be suspended? All that? Mm, I won't go that far. I wouldn't go that far because it's been plenty of hits. Yeah, now we have seen people get thrown for targeting and people getting in trouble for less than what he did. But nevertheless, the game of football in nature is violent, okay? Football in nature is already violent. Now we don't want we don't want to see cheap shots like that. Okay, because first of all, before you even got to Travis Hunter, the ball landed past you on the ground. Travis Hunter is out of bounds, and you still hit him. That's what makes it a cheap shot. The play was done. Nobody had an opportunity to catch that ball. The ball was already hit the ground, and then you had to go around your teammate to hit Travis Hunter. So you took a cheap shot. They just called it what it is. He took a cheap shot. He did not have to do that. But he wanted to send a message, which who doesn't want to send a message in a reverie game? It has happened plenty of times. This is college football here. But you took a cheap shot, which is uncalled for. Now, you got flat for a 15-yard penalty, but people want you thrown out of the game. People want you suspended for three games because Trap Hunter's going to miss three games. We can't set that president yet. That, that president cannot be set yet. If you're going to set that president, it has to be like super ingredients. I'm like, 
literally like nothing's going on. The play is over and you just come out of nowhere and you cold cocked another player. Launch at him and drill him in the head or spear him to the ground when the play is already over. Then we can talk about, oh, yeah, you need to get kicked out. You need to suspend it. You need severe punishment. This, he hit him. He threw a shoulder into, into the chest area, you know. He threw a shoulder. Cheap shot him. He cheap shot him. But it wasn't, you know. How can I put this? He did it with intent. He did it with intent. I'll say he didn't do it with malice intent. He did it intentionally, but he ain't doing it with malice. He ain't wanna, he ain't wanna like you know, really seriously injure him. He just wanted to send a message. You know, we all been there before. We all know what this is. He wanted to send a message, which he did. Charles Hunter's out for three weeks. Now here's the real issue, though, because this is where I really want to get to. This is where they, this is where I get unhappy. Because the fact that Coach Prime, Coach Deion Sanders has to come out and condone death threats to the young man is ridiculous. First of all, whoever sent his number out to the universe and his address out to the universe, find them and out and either beat they behind or arrest them, do something. Because that is not, that is cruel as hell. What y'all doing is worse than what he did to Travis Hunter. He out here in his family's death threats? Really? We sending death threats? Y'all don't lost y'all goddamn mind. Death threats. What is wrong with y'all? This is a kid. Y'all y'all have to make Coach Prime come out on a press conference to say what he had to say. To condone this, because he did not. I don't care what happens. You don't send death threats to a college player. That's just wrong. Outrageous. What is wrong with y'all in America? This is not what you're supposed to do. You want to be mad at him because he took a cheap shot of trouble? Be mad. But to the point where y'all send a death threat, y'all lost y'all goddamn mind. What the hell is wrong with y'all? Now I have to sit here and read this article that Coach Prime, because Coach Prime, I'm with Coach Prime. Y'all, I lost y'all goddamn mind. Colorado Coach Deion Sanders condoned the recent death threats against Henry Blackman in the wake of the Colorado State defensive backs illegal hit Saturday on Buffalo star Travis Hunter. Coach Prime says, "Quote: Henry Blackman's a good player who played a phenomenal game. He made a tremendous he made a tremendous hit on Travis on the sideline." You could call it dirty. You can call. You could call it. He was just playing a game of football. But whatever it was, it doesn't constitute that he should receive death threats. That still that this is still a young man trying to make it in life, a guy that's trying to live his dream and hopefully graduate with honors or degree, committed to excellence and go to the NFL. He does not deserve. Death threats over a game. Over a game. Y'all have lost y'all Evan Loving mind threatening a young college athlete. He made a hit. It was a cheap shot. But he did not sit here and end the man career. He didn't do nothing 
toward ending his career. He didn't do anything to intentionally bury the man's career with a hit. But y'all sent in death threats. Coach Prime also went on, it's not in the article, but he said he's forgiven him, the team has forgiven him, even Travis Hunter has forgiven him. So those of you who send the death threats, y'all need to y'all need to send an apology to him. I want this is what I want. When death threats are received, and when when the police find out who sent death threats, they should make them send send an apology. If you bold enough to send a death threat, you bold enough to write an apology and send it right back to that same address with your name on it. Because you have no business to send a death threat. Now we're going to take a break because that pissed me off. We'll be back. The Playmakers Blog is sponsored by Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Mountains of entertainment. So much, so much to stream. From shows and movies you can only catch here on Paramount Plus, whether it be from CBS, BET, Comedy Central, Liquid Loading, and so much more. The new home of Showtime. Watch Showtime original series, movies, and sports when you sign up for Paramount Plus with Showtime. Catch exclusive originals from Paramount Plus such as Star Trek, Strange Wars, The Family Stallones, Halo, and so much more. You also can stream live sports like NFL on CBS, the UEFA Champions League, the Masters, and the SEC on CBS. Paramount Plus, you can stream up to three devices when you create an account. So Paramount Plus, plan starts at $5.99. If you hit that link below, you can get a free trial. Paramount Plus, mountains of entertainment. And welcome back to Bearing Down the Gridiron, ladies and gentlemen. We did our two-minute drill. Had to get that off my chest because y'all seen the death threats. That don't make sense. Y'all don't send threats to no college athlete. I don't care what he did. Okay? He, he hit Travis under. It was a cheap shot, but you don't send death threats. But we got that out the way now. Now that we got that out the way, this this do go uh, Gridiron Roundup from week three. This week, I'm doing a little bit different for for the gridiron round. I'm doing something a little different at this time because we had a lot going on in week three. So first up, as you can see, those of you who are watching us, either on YouTube, Facebook, X, or Twitter, whichever one you want to call it, and LinkedIn, Coast Calls. Ooh, do you, you see? Oh, top teams were scared last week, but they survived. Let's take a look at what teams I'm talking about here. Florida State. Ooh, they went to Boston College and they escaped. Oh, they did. They escaped. Oh, my gosh. 31 29 with the Boston College Eagles. It took a penalty, a penalty on the Boston College defense for Florida State to win that game. A penalty. And it was third down. Wow. Third down. You got to stop, but a face mask call in the game and in any chance for a comeback. Man, man, man. Florida State escaped. Speaking of aforementioned Alabama, they went down to Tampa to take on South Florida. 17 to 3? 17-3? Really? This is Nick Saban playing the other two quarterbacks, and they didn't look they looked terrible against the South Florida Bulls. 
usually when South Florida has to face Alabama, it's an ass whooping coming in, not in Tampa this past weekend. They was in a fight and they got away with a 14 point victory. Seven when they scored 17 points against South Florida. Oh my gosh. The number one team in back to back reigning defending champion, the Georgia Bulldogs. That first half, that first half, a lot of Bulldog fans work because that first half looked it ugly. Looked it very ugly. Second half, Georgia. I guess they woke up in the second half and were able to uh, dominate the game from there, winning 24 to 14 over South Carolina. Now, Texas, ladies and gentlemen, Texas. <laughs> Y'all see the score. Don't get fooled by that score because of Texas. Man, you know what? This is the breakdown of the other games between Florida State and Boston College, Alabama. But now I need to get to Texas. Because look at here. You see the fourth quarter. That's how Texas won by that much. The first three quarters, it was 10-10 going to the fourth quarter. Literally. Tie game going to the fourth quarter. And coming off the big win in Tuscaloosa, you went to Tuscaloosa. You, 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 you dominated Alabama. The score don't indicate that you dominated Alabama, but you dominated Alabama. You beat them by 10. I don't, I don't can't remember the last time they saved lost by double digits at home in Tuscaloosa to a team. But you did that, and then you come out and you play against Wyoming, and it took you to the fourth quarter to pull away. The fourth quarter. You have to score 21 points to make it look decent. Like you did what you're supposed to have done. That's not a good look for Texas, okay? Not a good look. But next week, if Texas is really back, we will find out next week. Not this week, but next week. Okay, that's one against us on the slate next week. But I'm not gonna tell you who, but next week we're gonna find out if Texas is really back next week. But it is right here. That don't that's not that's not gonna cut it. That's not gonna cut it. And then the aforementioned Colorado State, Colorado game. Great game, fabulous game, double overtime. You we all talk about the Travis Hunter hit and whatnot. But man, 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 that was a tremendous game if you was able to watch it. 43-35. Um, the Buffaloes were down 11 in the fourth quarter. Came back, sent it to overtime, and they took care of it in double overtime. Good win for the Buffaloes. Good win, good win to stay unbeaten. And avoid a big and avoid a big big scare. All right. Those were our close calls, ladies and gentlemen. From week three. Oh, but we had some surprising upsets in week three. When I say surprising upsets, I mean games we weren't even paying attention to because we just knew what was gonna happen. But nevertheless, it went the other way. And I mean, did it go the other way? I mean, uh so um does the cyclones really suck this bad to where they can only score seven points against ohio we ain't saying ohio state we saying ohio not the not the buckeyes the bobcats and the cyclones can only score seven and they lose seven to ten really is the cyclones really that bad this year cincinnati you're in the big ten you are a power five school for once You've been wanting so bad, you finally got it. Now you got the victory belt in your house. You got Miami of Ohio coming walking in there, and they beat you in overtime. 31-24. What happened to Cincinnati? This is not a good look for a team who just went into the Big 12. You lost the victory belt to Miami of Ohio. That's not good. 
that's my good. And then, good gracious, what happened to Stanford? Has Stanford fallen off the map that much? Like, literally, literally, Sacramento State. That's what that is. For, I know a lot of y'all who's watching, y'all don't, y'all trying to figure out who, what, what school is that? That is Sacramento State. That's the team that went into Stanford and beat Stanford. 30 to 23, a full touchdown. That's what that is. I had to look at it myself like this. This is this literally what happened. Sacramento State went into Stanford and beat Stanford. And then, oh, Arizona State. Now, we know about Fresno State. Some of who do, who do pay attention to college, but we know about Fresno State, Mountain West. You know, they got game. They could play. But 29 nothing. Sun Devils at home? 29 nothing. Tippy, Arizona? You couldn't score a point? A point. And he was glowing about the Pat 12. The Pat 12 is doing wonderful. They got like 18 ranked in the top 25. And you, USC, and Oregon, UCLA, Utah, Colorado, Washington, they looking good. I mean, you even got Cal out here battling, battling neck and forward with Auburn. And you got, you got Arizona who can turn the ball over eight damn times. But they can only lose by like a field goal to Mississippi State in Starksville, Mississippi, by the way. And then Arizona State gets shut out by Fresno State. And I know about Fresno State. Fresno State got some players. Fresno State can play some football. But 29 nothing. What? Don't. I'm going to come back to Vanderbilt. And then, you know what? I'm going to come back to Vanderbilt and, and, and Oklahoma State because that, that's, that's egregious, okay? That's egregious right there. But, yeah. I mean, Cincinnati, that's not a good look. Your first year in the past, a power five team. That is not good. And then Sacramento State. I mean, and then what make it even worse? Ever since the first quarter, y'all never had the lead. Y'all, Stanford never got the lead back. Stanford never got the lead back after being out the lead in the first quarter, seven to three. Sacramento State led the rest of the way. This is a real indictment on the Cardinals. Like, nothing. Like, no points. No points from Arizona State. Like, none at all. And then, see, I was counting up the lead. Vanderbilt, y'all look, I left y'all out. But y'all gave up 40 to UNLV. Go back. 40 to UNLV. 40. Y'all ain't an SEC. Y'all can't play. Y'all did y'all forget how to play defense? Did you forget what conference you represent? And you giving up 42 UNLV? 40. I don't care if the game is in Las Vegas or not. How do you giving up 40 damn points to a group of five team? 40. And then there is uh went too fast. Then there's Oklahoma State. Has has um Mike Gundy lost his team? Has we have we finally reached that point where Mike Gundy no longer needs to be the head coach of the Cowboys of Oklahoma State? Because South Alabama walked into Stillwater, Oklahoma, and whooped the Cowboys' ass. You can see the box score. They whooped the Cowboys' ass. 
33 to 7. They was up 23 nothing at halftime. South Alabama whooped the Cowboys' ass up and down the field. Oh my goodness. What has happened to Mike Gundy and the Oklahoma State Cowboys? I'm not a, I don't understand. This is in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And you got your ass whooped by South Alabama. Mike Gundy, you have some questions to answer soon. You definitely have some questions to answer because that right there is embarrassing for a Power 5 school like Oklahoma State to get embarrassed by a school like South Alabama. Good Lord have mercy. Somebody give me some answers from Stillwater, Oklahoma, please, because I need to know how in the hell does the Cowboys get their ass whooped like this. I'm, oh, my goodness. Good gracious. Now, that's our surprising upsets. Now we get to our slate that we did last week. I have to admit, I am impressed. Missouri knocked off 15 rank Kansas State. 61-yard field goal. I am impressed. Good job. Way to go, Missouri. You you got one back for the SEC, even though Vanderbilt didn't help by giving up 40 points to UNLV. But good job, Missouri. Great win. You got one over the Big 12. Great win. It was a battle in the first half at first, down in uh, Chapel Hill. But Drake May and the North Carolina Target, they took over in the second half. Slowing down Warrior Boat, Gophers of Minnesota, 31-13. That's a good win. Of course, you know, once the Mel Tucker story happened at Michigan State, we all knew what was going to happen in this game. Like, 41-7, it was supposed to happen. Because as soon as the Mel Tucker story leaked out, it was all said and done. The backyard brawl between West Virginia and Pitt. Low-scoring affair, but the West Virginia defends home turf. And takes it 17-6. To win the backyard brawl, oh, it it looked to be fun in the it looked it looked fun at first, but TCU, uh, but TCU gave it to Houston after 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 a while. After a while, TCU remember who they were and they just welcome Houston into the Big Twelve the way they're supposed to have been welcoming. Welcome to the Big Twelve. You gonna take this twenty three point ass whooping? Good job. Then. Game of the week, spotlight game of the week. Took us to Gainesville, Florida. Where the volunteers ranked 11 took the trip to Gainesville, Florida, when they haven't won since, was it 2003? 2009? I forgot what year. But yet again, they still can't win at Gainesville. Ten in a row. 29-16, Florida over Tennessee. Did you see the second quarter? Did you see what the Gators did to them in the second quarter? 20 to nothing. Let's run the ball from down. Travis E. Trevor Etienne taking off 23 carries, 172 yards on a touchdown. Graham Mertz looking calm and collected. The numbers, the numbers ain't impressive, but you know, 19 for 24, 166 yards on the touchdown. I mean, Milton had a terrible day. He, he, the stats might show he had a good day, but he had a terrible day. Trust me, he could he has some problems. All right. He has some problems. You can you can see the statistics right here. Look at it. They just above 50% on third down conversions. 0 for 3 on fourth down. I mean, look at this. They barely ran the ball for 100 yards on 30 carries, 3.3 yards a carry. 
Florida ran for 183, and they were at 4.3 yards a carry, a whole yard per carry more than Tennessee. And then the real problem, the penalties, the penalties, the penalties, the penalties for Tennessee. 10 penalties for 79 yards and a turnover. And they only had the ball for 22 minutes, 22 and a half minutes. 22 and a half minutes. That's Tennessee's possession. And it hurt them really bad. And Milton is sitting on the sideline looking crazy because um, you did sit here and say you don't lose in the state of Florida, right? That is what you said before the game. You don't lose well, leading to the game. You don't lose in the state of Florida. Well, you took your ass to games and you took a damn L. How about that? And it's a very impressive L at that because we could have blew you out even further if we wanted to. But we had to lead. And we, guess what we did? We said we're going to run the ball down your damn throat. You can't stop it. Guess what? You ain't going to have too many opportunities to come back. And guess what? You didn't have many opportunities to come back because we kept running the ball down your goddamn throat. That's why ETN could have ran for 200 yards if he wanted to. That's how bad it was for Tennessee down in Gainesville for a 10th consecutive time coming to Gainesville and taking a huge L. This time you was ranked 11. So, bye-bye. Ah, bye-bye. <laughs> and then we have the extra point van folk. And the fans voted for... BYU heading to Arkansas to take on the Razorbacks in SEC country. And I'm impressed with BYU. And I am disappointed in Arkansas, if I do say so myself. You see the numbers here. 38-31 win for the uh, BYU Cougars in SEC country. Uh, KJ Jefferson struggled for the Razorbacks. Uh, it was done good on the ground. The receiving wasn't – the passing game wasn't there. Uh, it was just one of those days because um, – Arkansas scored the first two points. They scored 14 straight. And you was like, oh, BYU's in trouble. Arkansas is rolling. And then before you knew it, uh, BYU answered with 21 unanswered to take the lead. And then when you get to the fourth, then you get to the third quarter, Arkansas regained a 10-point advantage at 31 to 21. And then BYU outscored you 17 to nothing the rest of the way. So BYU was down double digits twice. And they came back and still beat you. Arkansas, y'all are so disappointed right now. How y'all have two double digits? Two double digit leads and you still lose the freaking game. I don't understand. I really don't. Nevertheless, here's where we get. I lost the Kansas State game because I did pick Kansas over Missouri. And then I did lose the fan extra. I did lose the, I did miss the extra point on Arkansas. But you know, it is what it is. Five and one in week three. Puts me at 12 and six overall. And I missed the extra point. The first time I missed the extra point, I had the first two right. I missed out on week three, thanks to Arkansas. But hey, still got a ways to go. But I like where I'm at. 12 wins, 6 losses through 3 weeks. I like where I'm at. I like where I'm trending at right now. You know, week 1 was terrible, 3-3, and three, 50%. Didn't like that. Came back week 2, 4-2. and two, And came back this past week, week 3, 5-1. and one. So I like where I'm at right now. I like where I'm trending at right now. Well, now before we go to our second commercial break, here is your top 25 going into week 4. Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Texas number 3, Florida State 4, USC 5, Ohio State 6, Penn State 7. Washington 8, Notre Dame 9, Oregon rounding out the top 10. 11 is Utah, 12 LSU, 13 Alabama, 
which is the first time in a long time Alabama has not been in the top 10. They are ranked 15. That is crazy to believe that. 14 is Oregon State. 15 is Ole Miss. Oklahoma coming at 16. North Carolina 17. Duke 18. Colorado 19. Miami in the top 20. 21 is Washington State. 22 is UCLA. 23 is Tennessee after that loss to Florida. 24 is Iowa. And the aforementioned Florida is in the top 25 at 25. Now, I'm happy that they didn't do what they did last year because when we beat Utah and when they was ranked seven, they jumped up ahead of Kentucky before we, right before we played Kentucky. So I'm happy they they took it easy this time and just said, okay, y'all can get in, but y'all going to be at the bottom. Y'all going to be at 25. I'm cool with that ranking for the Florida kids. I'm cool with it. We in the top 25. We at 25. I can handle that. That's, that will do it for the, uh, you know, great iron roundup. When we come back. When we come back, we got to go on the campus tour because it is week four. And week four is oh so juicy. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC. Killing Mbappe just all of a sudden finally understood his role. And I think he finally understood that everything Killing Mbappe has accomplished already. You know, there is still a hell of a lot waiting for him in the future. Kylian Mbappe is only 24 years old. He has accomplished so much. And you know what? Kylian Mbappe has not even reached his prime. I'm saying, you know, the Marcus Rashford we have been hoping for for such a long time, you know. But, you know, this game, you know, after after everything Manchester United has been, you know, doing lately, you know, th this was actually the ultimate test, you know, to see if Manchester United, you know, all, honestly was all of a sudden for real. I, I explain this. The United States, maybe they have to suffer this loss as a lesson to learn to prepare for the future. Because four years from now, the World Cup is in not one, not two, but three countries. The United States of America, Canada, and Mexico. Into the NetFC is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. And welcome back to Bearing Down and Great On on this live edition on, on September 20th, 2023. Uh, sorry, I didn't say this after I played the first commercial, but Paramount Plus, today's the last day to get half off, 50% off on one year subscription. You would get to pay $2.50 for a whole year with Paramount Plus using the promo code SPORTS. Hopefully you've seen it at the, at the bottom of the ticket on the last segment that we did. but. Paramount Plus use the promo promo code Sports, and you will pay two dollars and fifty cents a month for a whole year with Paramount Plus. Don't miss out on that, okay? Now that we are back, week four. Oh boy, week four is good. So you just go ahead and get to it. And to kick things off, noon Eastern, twelve p.m. ESPN. We go to Death Valley. We go to Clemson, South Carolina. The fourth-ranked Seminoles of Florida State take on the Clemson Tigers. Now, this is a very, very important game here because, number one, I, for one, picked Clemson to win the, a the ACC yet again for the ninth time in 10 years. Secondly, my Florida State fans out there, 
and I can't stand y'all. I really can't. But if Florida State is back, if Florida State is truly back, they win this game. It's not a primetime game. It's not a night game. It's a noon game, which should be in favor of Florida State. But if Florida State is officially back, we might know where as the head coach. They will go in there and they will beat Dabo Sweeney. I don't care about one point. I don't care about 200 points. But if Florida State wants to claim that they are officially back and deserving of the top five ranking, they go into South Carolina, they go into Clemson, they go into Death Valley, and they come out victorious. That's it. If they do not come out of Death Valley victorious, Florida State is not officially back. For Florida State to be officially back, they must beat Clemson. There's no better way to do it than in Clemson's house at Death Valley, New Eastern ESPN. From Death Valley in South Carolina, we're going to take the trip out to the West Coast, to Salt Lake City, Utah, because the Pac-12 is taking over. 3.30 on Fox, 22nd rank UCLA Bruins, 11 rank Utah Utes. Ooh. Now, last year when they had this battle, it was a little later in the year, and the winner of this battle was going to the Pac-12 Championship. Utah won that match. Utah went in the Pac-12 Championship, and they end up handing in USC for a second time again. This time was an earlier matchup. Can Chip Kelly and the Bruins, can they reverse what happened last year, but on the road? Because if they can handle, if they can get a win in Salt Lake City, which is not an easy place to win that, by the way, they be setting themselves up for a real shot at a run at the Pac-12 title. But the reigning defending two-time Pac-12 champions ain't trying to hear it. Now, we still don't know when Cam Ryan will be back for the Utah Utes. He could be back for this game, but it could be rolling with their backup still. But that's a tough team to beat in that environment in Salt Lake City. I'm looking forward to that game. Can Chip Kelly get a much-needed signature win? Chip Kelly, he's winning at UCLA, but he's missing the signature. Chip Kelly at UCLA is missing that signature win. This would be a signature win for Chip Kelly and the UCLA Bruins if they can go in, go into Salt Lake City and knock off the Utah Utes, who are the reigning defending back-to-back back to champions. 3.30, okay? And that 3.30 slot is nice because this is the first game of the slate that's in the 3.30 slot. The second game is in the 3.30 slot. Takes us to the SEC from Salt Lake City to Tuscaloosa, Alabama because it is Lane Kevin versus Nick Saban one more time. The SEC on CBS 3.30, though, Running Rebels of Ole Miss taking on Alabama, Crimson Tide. We talked about it earlier when our two-minute warning, on our two-minute drill, when Jalen Merrill will be the starting quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide against one of the top scoring teams in the damn country of Ole Miss. And Ole Miss has always been a top team scoring wide because Lane Kevin loves to put points on the damn board quick, fast, in a hurry. Now, this is where I need to look at some numbers here because I really want to understand what is Nick Saban dealing with because Texas walked in there and they dropped 34 on you. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that uh, Lane Kiffin is averaging more than 34 points a game this season through three weeks. I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure this man is averaging more than 34. So let me make sure I get my numbers right here because this is a big game. 
Matter of fact, Alabama is actually favored by six and a half points. So people are still believing they need saving Alabama right now. They have a 66% chance, according to ESPN Analytics. So Alabama went in this game to Old Miss 34%. Okay. I'm looking at it here. Total total yards. Old Miss is averaging 526 yards a game. 526. Alabama is averaging 367. That is ridiculous. That's total yards. Passing wise, Ole Miss is throwing for damn near 350 to Alabama's 196. Both teams rushing about the same 177 for Ole Miss, 171 for Alabama. The defense, the defense for Ole Miss is giving up 350 a game. Alabama's giving up 310 a game. Good grace. Oh my, oh, oh my goodness. Let me look at Ole Miss. So, through three games with Ole Miss, they have put up 73, 37, and 48. Now, the comments ain't been there. You're talking about Mercer, Tulane, which is a good one. That's at Tulane. That is the American champions from last year. And then Georgia Tech. Yeah. Either Nick Saban going to get that defense right for this game and not lose twice in a row at home. Which, on, you know, that's Nick Saban. Can anybody look up and see if Nick, Nick Saban lost, has, has lost two games at home in one season? I don't think I've ever seen that. From Nick Saban losing two games at home and in one season. I don't think I've never seen that, but somebody looked it up for me. So this is gonna be interesting. Nick Saban and Alabama, they have to win this game because if they lose this game, they're done. It is over. Because you still got Auburn, you still got LSU on the schedule. So you're done if you lose in the old Miz, okay? You're done. From Tuscaloosa, Alabama, all the way up to Eugene, Oregon. Oh, gonna be so many eyes on this game. 3:30 ABC. Woo! Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes taking on Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks. Eugene Oregon's gonna be electric. Eugene Oregon's gonna be off real. And that is a 12:30 kickoff Pacific time out there in Eugene, Oregon. 3:30 Eastern Standard Time here on the East Coast. Oh, we're gonna find out. If Coach Prime got the players that he needs to be a contender in this sport Saturday afternoon, or does Oregon do what Oregon does in big games and say, hey, you're a good team. I like what you're doing, but you're in our house. And when you're in our house, you better bring your egg in because if you don't, you're going to get your ass whooped. And I said, I want to see, and to be honest, I want to see what uniform Oregon, because you know Oregon got like 500, 500 billion different uniform combinations. I want to see what Oregon going to wear, just to be curious, because Oregon like to look good. And you know, because finds the one you feel when you when you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you play good. So I want to see what Oregon going to look like. Okay, because I want to see what swag Oregon going to come in the game with at home. Because you know that's close. You got close prime company, so you got to look good if you're Oregon, all right? Yeah, you gotta look good so you can feel good, and you gonna go out there and play. Well, you gonna play good anyway because you the Oregon Ducks, you know. I have no doubt you the Oregon Ducks. You gonna play good anyway. What you gonna look like? What did the uniform company is gonna look like? And coach, you gonna have close prime like, ooh, them boys looking sweet over there. And close prime like, hey, y'all gonna have just gonna have to play. It is what it is at this point. This is big boy football now. And Coach Frank gonna have to let him know it's big boy football now. You got Oregon this week, you got USC next week. It's big boy football now. So there's gonna be a lot of people 
rooting for Coach Prime in Colorado and Colorado put up the upset. And there's gonna be a lot of people on the other side. Wait for Oregon to shut the whole story about Colorado. When it's gonna happen, we shall see. 3:30 ABC. Do not miss that game. And then from Eugene, Oregon, we jump into prime time as in the Big Ten on CBS. It is number seven, the Penn State Nittany Lions at home and College Station hosting 24th ranked Iowa. We know Michigan's the favorite to win the Big Ten. We know Ohio State has something to say about it. The other team that has something to say about who wins the Big Ten is the Penn State Nittany Lions. Battle of unbeaten teams here, battle of ranked teams here. At College Station up in Pennsylvania, Happy Valley, as they call it. If Penn State want to be taken serious, as they should be, you handle business at home against Iowa, and you know Iowa gonna play some damn defense. One thing we know, Iowa gonna play some damn defense, so it's gonna be, we gonna see. And people are saying that Penn State has one has the top offense in the country right now. Or some people are calling saying Penn State's the best team in the country right now. 86% is on the Penn State Lithium Alliance to only 13 for Iowa. They looking at this as it's gonna, it's gonna be some things because Iowa been putting up some points. I mean, I mean, they won 24-14 over Utah State, 20-13 in the Sighthawk Trophy, and then last one when they played Western Michigan, they put up 41. When the last time you seen the Iowa team put up 41? Okay, well, hey, if Penn State wants to be that third team. That has a say in the Big Ten. He's in the Big Ten as a whole. You handle business at home against 21 or 24th ranked Iowa. And it's on CBS. And you win prime time, okay? Prime time, all right? Now, you got that out of the way. But that's not the game of the week. That's not the spotlight game of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go to South Bend, Indiana. College game day is going to be there. It is prime time, 7.30. NBC, number nine, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, hosting number six, the Buckeyes of the Ohio State. Sam Hartman has been a difference maker for the Notre Dame. This offense has been juicy for Notre Dame. But did last week help Ohio State by the fact they had to play Western Kentucky? And there was some talks about Western Kentucky putting up, putting up some points on Ohio State. Did that wake them up because they whooped Western Kentucky 63 to 10? And that offense got going against Western Kentucky. I mean, literally, it was it was like it was no comparison whatsoever. I mean, Austin. I mean, like, if I look at the Ohio State numbers from that game, Kyle McCord, 19 for 23, 318, three touchdowns, no turnovers. Travion Henderson, 13 carries, 88 yards, two touchdowns. Marvin Harrison Jr., five catches, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Did that what Was that weak enough to get that team on track? Because you are playing Notre Dame, and Notre Dame has been balling, okay? Notre Dame has been balling. They took on the NC State Wolfpack, a team that's known for defense in the ACC, and they hunt 45 on them. 45, okay? Sam Hartman is out here balling on these boys. Sam Hartman already has, has already thrown for over 1,000 yards with 13 touchdowns and no interceptions. 
He has not thrown one interceptions. It's time they run it back. Has over 500 yards carried with five touchdowns. This is going to be, this is a top 10 matchup in prime time, by the way. NBC is going to be locked and loaded. We going to, somebody going to take their first L of the season. And it's going to be a huge L because we know how the committee is. A big game like this, you got to show me who you are. And we're going to find out if Ohio State is back to being Ohio State or Notre Dame is back to being Notre Dame. Somebody going to make the first statement. And it's going to be right here in South Bend. Ohio State or Notre Dame. That is a juicy matchup, and that is the game of the week, okay? And then we have the fan votes at the point game. And yet again, it involves BYU. This time, we going to Big 12 action. BYU first Big 12 matchup. It's an undefeated matchup with 3-0 Kansas and Lawrence, Kansas. And as of right now, looking at the ESPN analytics, 56 and a half for Kansas Jayhawks to 43 and a half with the BYU Cougars. We shall see how that goes. Both teams are 3-0. Both teams are doing good. BYU is averaging 310 yards on offense to 500 yards of Kansas. Kansas is averaging 500 yards of offense. Oh, my gosh. We're talking 283 in the in the air and 216 on the ground. These boys are running the damn ball. Oh, my gosh. Defensive-wise, we're talking BYU is giving up 318 a game and Kansas is giving up 272 a game. I mean, yo, my goodness, what is going on here? Now, we already talked about the big win for uh, BYU going in the SEC country against Arkansas and getting that W. Let's look at, I mean, Illinois is a good win for Kansas, 34-23. They play in Nevada, 34-21. So, each team played, got to have one, have one good, you know, power five win against the other. But this is, this is the Big 12 now. Kansas is welcoming BYU to the Big 12. We're going to see what BYU look like going into this game. Now, before we get to my picks, we're going to take another quick break here, and then when we come back, we'll get to my picks. The Playmaking Spot is sponsored by Lids. Locker rooms by Lids. Shop hats and official sports gear at Lids. Lids, the leading and number one destination for hats, gears, and everything that moves you. Make it a perfect shop for fans to find official sports hats merchandise and gears represent your team your town and your style with a snap pad adjustable fitted hat or beanie from thousands of college and professional teams browse the very latest jerseys and t-shirts for the best teams out there liz has officially licensed professional and college sports teams apparel and hats featuring the hottest brands and trends shop online or visit one of the hundred stores across the country locker by liz Train Pipe Bomb Productions and the Playmakers blog are now both partnered with Fanatics. Fanatics is now your new home for all fan merchandise from the MLB, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, MLS, NASCAR, WWE, International Soccer Leagues, and golf. Check out the links below for everyday deals on Fanatics.com. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bear Down and Gridiron. Yep, you saw Fanatic and you saw these another couple of sponsors for Bear Down and Gridiron and the Playmakers blog. Good to have those on board with us today. Now we got through everything, only one thing left. Y'all need my picks for the week, right? Y'all need my picks. So let's get to it. It is the Bear Down Picks as we close our shop today. And to begin, I'm going Clemson at home. To take down Florida State. I don't think Florida State is back yet. I don't think they back it. I refuse to believe they back it. Now, if they win this game, I will come on here next week and I will say Florida State is back if they come into Clemson and beat Clemson. But until then, I'm taking Clemson to win this game. All right. Game number two. Give me the Utah used to defend home turf, okay? It's hard to win in Salt Lake. That crowd's gonna be rocking. That crowd's gonna be hyped. You said they're going to have a hard time hearing. I'm taking Utah. I'm sorry, Chip Cutty, but I don't think you I don't think you can get that sentence your win yet. I just don't think you can get it yet. Give me Utah. The one that y'all waiting for? Uh, oh, it's, I'm doing something I have never done before. I have never picked against Alabama at home. I have never done it. But with the fact that Alabama don't know what to do at quarterback, Nick Saban is literally confused at quarterback. He has no idea what to do at quarterback. His defense is his defense got picked apart by Texas. And the team that has a better offense in Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss is coming in. I'm doing something I have never done. I am picking out, I am picking Ole Miss. I am picking Alabama to lose two home games in the same season and within three weeks of each other. I'm sorry. I am picking Ole Miss and Lincoln to finally get a win over Nick Saban. The other game that y'all waiting on for me to pick. Quack, quack. I'm sorry, Coach Brown. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But if I'm being completely honest, if I'm being completely real, I gotta go with Oregon, man. Eugene, Oregon. That place is just like the hardest place to win at in the Pac-12 outside of outside of Salt Lake City for the Utah Utes. It is Oregon. I don't think y'all can handle that. I think that's a different type of person that y'all finna deal with. Saturday afternoon in, in in Eugene. I don't think y'all ready for that spotlight yet. I think y'all, I think y'all get a feel for it and then next year y'all respond in kind. But this year, I don't see y'all winning in Eugene, Oregon. I just don't see it, Coach Brown. I'm sorry, but I'm picking Oregon. I'm going with the Oregon Ducks. And I'm going Penn State, man. I I was doing good this year. They look good, they feel good, but eh. I don't think I don't I don't think they have what it takes to go into Happy Valley and take down the Penn State the Lions. And plus Penn State, they have to show that they're the third team to be considered to win the big the, to win the Big Ten outside of Ohio State and Michigan, who are like the favorites to run away with it. Penn State needs a statement win. This is a good way to get a statement win with a 24th ring Iowa Hawkeyes walking in and you handle business, all right. In the game of the week, ladies and gentlemen, give me the Notre Dame Friday Nighters. The fact they have a quarterback in San Hartman, the fact they have a running game still, the fact that he can connect with wide receivers and tight ends the way San Hartman does might be problematic for the Ohio State defense. And I think it'd be problematic just enough to outshoot the Buckeyes in South Bend at home. Notre Dame defense home turf. Ohio State suffers that first loss of the season. It's going to be a hard one for them because they usually beat Notre Dame, but I don't think they're going to beat Notre Dame this year. I love that offense with Sam Harmon in control. This man has not turned the ball over. He is very good with the ball. 
and he knows how to sling it all across the field. Give me Notre Dame to win that one. And then finally, for the fan, for the extra point fan photo of the game, y'all gave me BYU in Kansas. Even though I read the statistics to you, I think BYU finds a way. I'm going on a limb here. I think BYU finds a way to walk into Lawrence, Kansas. They find a way to slow down that high-powered offense. And they always do just enough, just enough. They're not, the offense is not really thriving like that, okay? But they do just enough, just enough to walk themselves in the bit, into the Big 12 with a nice big victory in Lawrence, Kansas to take down the jails. Now, I could be absolutely wrong here because everybody else is on Kansas and rightfully so. I mean, 500 yards of offense, good gracious. But I just got a feeling BYU finds a way to pull this one out. And they send a message to the Big 12 like, this is real. We are here when we are here to stay. So those are my picks. Again, I'm going Clemson over Florida State. I'm going Utah over UCLA. I'm going Ole Miss to walk into Tuscaloosa and beat the Alabama Crimson Tide, which is ridiculous on my part for picking Nick Saban to lose two games and both of them at home. I know it's ridiculous on my part, but I'm doing it. I'm going Oregon to slow down the talk of the time, which is the Colorado Buffaloes. Unfortunately, I love Coach Prime. But if I'm being realistic, I don't see y'all going to Oregon and winning that game. Okay? I'm taking Penn State to handle business at home against the Iowa Hawkeyes in a ring versus ring Big Ten matchup. Game of the week, give me Notre Dame to give me Notre Dame to get one over on the uh, Buckeyes of Ohio State. And then surprisingly, I'm taking BYU over Kansas. All right. Those are my picks. That is the fair down. And that's it for today, ladies and gentlemen. I thank you guys for tuning in on today on this live edition of Bearing Down and Gridiron. We got through it all. We got through the, the two-minute drill. Of course, we have to talk about what happened to Travis Hunter and Henry Blackman getting uh, death threats. Stop sending the death threats. The man, young man doesn't receive death threats. He doesn't deserve that, okay? Let him go on, move on with his life, continue to play game. Travis Hunter will be back in three weeks after the Arizona State game. We'll see what Colorado does this week against Oregon, next week against UCLA, and we'll go from there. Surprising upsets took place. I mean, when you get shot out at home, to a group of high school, there's some questions to be asked if you're Arizona State. And then even more questions need to be asked if you might gun in the Oklahoma State because yeah, you get beat 33 to 7 by South Alabama. Like that, I need them, some questions need to be answered on that part. Nevertheless, campus tour enjoy to this week coming up. It's a juicy week. Week four is gonna week four gonna provide a lot of answers for a lot of people. Alabama, Florida State, Clemson, Colorado. Oregon, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State. There's a lot of teams in the top that's ranked. They're going to get some questions answered this week about how they play and what the result was. So outside of that, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Those of you who watched on Facebook, YouTube, X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, and LinkedIn. All right. The audio will be available shortly after this on all podcast directors. You want to go back and listen to the audio version of it if you like driving something or something like that. And, uh, Continue to support us. Continue to do continue to do what you do, being a great fan base and all that. Uh, tomorrow, Ramley Talk. Going to recap the San Francisco game. Unfortunately, that went the way that I thought it was going to go. And then we're going to preview Monday Night Football with the Rams heading to the jungle to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Where Joe Burrow play? We should find out. But until then, have a great Wednesday. Enjoy it. This is the Playmaker sign off. Deuces. All right.
You just experienced Bearing Down a Gridiron, hosted by Donnell the Playmaker Silence, in collaboration with Art Brothers Football. Bearing Down a Gridiron is sponsored by Liz Fanatics and Paramount Plus. If you enjoyed today's show and would like to make a donation, you can donate via Cash App at dollar sign D Playmakers at dollar sign D Playmakers. Remember, Bearing Down a Gridiron is available on all podcast directories, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. And for Apple Podcast lovers, leave us a rate review. Let us know what you enjoy about today's episode that you're listening to. Tune in again next time for more Bearing Down the Gridiron, hosted by The Plate.